Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. for this morning. We thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you allow us to be focused on you, what it is that you are calling us to do here in this place. The world is so full of distractions. But as we come this morning, I pray that we're just focused, really focused on you. I pray that as always protect the words that are coming out of my mouth, uh, that those who hear it here and those who hear it online, that God, you speak to them, you show them, you teach them truth, as only you can. Father, we thank you, and I thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing here in this place. So let me pray. Amen. If you were here this morning, uh, you'll notice, uh, maybe you saw me, I had my Eagles jersey on. <laughs> Go Eagles. Uh, I've, uh, I thought about wearing my, my Eagles jersey to preach in, and I was like, no, I'm going to wait till we get to the Super Bowl. Because uh, a, a little more powerful, right? I mean, who cares if we beat the Giants? Uh, no offense, Giants fans, but you guys didn't deserve to be there anyways. Uh, that's my humble opinion. Um, and, and so we are, uh, one of the things that, that we've been trying to do, um, I think for me, right, and, and kind of getting away from football, is, is figure out how to engage people differently, how to have conversations about uh, my faith, and, and how to, to point people to the knowledge of who Jesus is. And, and one of the things that we see Jesus, he does really well in his interactions with people, is, is he sees beyond, a lot of times, their exterior, right? Jesus is is looking at people he, in, in the audience sitting in front of him. There are there are people that probably don't look really the part. Some of them are probably dirty. Some of them are probably, you know, they <laughs> they probably don't smell great. <laughs> uh, but but he's looking at, at, at these people and, and he's having compassion on them and and he's teaching them some some really hard truths and and we've talked about this before that he sets up the entire sermon on the mount by tech, talking about the blessings so he, he he really hits home with with the internal part of who people are because it you and I as as believers our faith is so much more than an external show. Some of the ways that, that we help foster the internal growth, jotted these down this week, attending church regularly. 
being part of a fellowship of believers, a community coming together. Cody said it uh, earlier today, that worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And when, when we come to a time of worship, the, the focus really should be on God, always God. Right? And, 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 and we get distracted. We, we want to talk to our neighbor about what we're doing after church. We haven't seen you since last Sunday. <laughs> You know, listen, a lot happens in a week, but, but, but when we come into the presence of God, we really should be focused on Him. Spending time in His Word. Not, not just reading it, but, but actually digesting the material to, 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 to work on memorizing it. I, I've said this already before, but, but as you read the Sermon on the Mount, sometimes you just got to sit with a couple verses. you got to internalize it being transformed in our minds, the, the way that to be like Jesus, the, how we think, how we operate. And then, believe it or not, one of the best ways to grow in your own personal faith is to share your faith with someone else. Because how are you going to share something that you don't know nothing about? Right, it, it forces you into that conversation because here's what I've learned in my very short life is when I start talking to people about Jesus, there's a lot of questions. I think people are seeking. And, and listen, they're, they're, not, they're not really happy. The world is not happy with these Sunday school answers. You can't just say, well, Jesus said that because <laughs> they're going to be like, well, I don't even care who Jesus is. Right, right, because because people are looking. So so sharing our faith helps us grow. Second Timothy three, fourteen through seventeen, one of Paul's letters to Timothy, a young preacher, says, "But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All Scripture is God-breathed and used for, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. By the way, the, uh, when Paul says the servant of God, he's not just talking about Timothy because he's a preacher. Anyone who's following God is a servant of God. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the re renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to hear and test and approve what's God what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Listen, la last night the worship we did was intentional. It's not just about bringing praise and glory to God, but it's putting yourself into the presence of God. And you know where you can hear God the loudest is standing right in front of him. That's when he speaks to us. That, that, that's when he makes his will known. If, if, if we're not praying, if we're not seeking him, then it's, it's everything we do as a church is being driven by our own wants, desires, and opinions, and it's never going to work. But when we are seeking his kingdom first, when, when we have it in our mind that no matter what we do, we will put God at the beginning, at the end, to the right and to the left, 
When we, when we are walking in that kind of mindset, we will see him do incredible things. That, that's what the church is. That, that's what the church should be, is an extension of his will. A lot of times we, we get that contorted. The longer you belong to a certain organization, you feel like you've earned the right. Right? We, we act like being here or being somewhere for 30 years gives us the right to, to tell things or to tell people how to do things. But, but at the end of the day, what, what really matters is what is God asking us to do? Jesus sets the tone and sets a very high standard. In the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, listen, take care of your inside. Take, take care of your internal. Do uh, what you need to do to make sure that your heart is in the right place. And, and then he, he talks about that, that the external will come, right? If you take care of the inside, the, the external will come. And, and so he sets the tone, and then he moves on. And, and before he even gets to anything else, right? So you have to understand what he's dealing with. He's dealing with a bunch of Pharisees who, who really all they care about is the external anyways. All they care about is the show. Listen, we as a church should never do anything for our glory. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's always about him. And so Jesus, he delivers this at the start of chapter 6. He delivers a warning. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others by them. If you do, you will have your reward. You will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not sound the trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue or on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their word in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen, in a, in a world that is full of social media, that is hard to do. I was at a church once, a church event, an outreach event. And uh, my wife and I got there. And I love this church, and I love the people of this church, and, and I have no ill feelings towards them. But, but something happened the moment that we were there that kind of struck me as odd. And so we're all... You know, down there, and then we're up in Columbus, and we were serving some homeless families. And the the minister of the church, the, the pastor, shows up and like does like a photo op thing. Comes in, gets his picture taken, and then he like leaves. And listen, I I'm not, I don't know him well enough to speak towards anything. 
but it just it, it kind of made me feel uneasy because I I struggled with that a little bit because I was like we just kind of popped in, got a picture, and and you left. And and listen, I realize that that I'm, I'm saying this because I I know that our social media page has had pictures of me on it. <laughs> I know that News Nine did a story to cover our Socktober event. I'm not saying that it's necessarily wrong to, to use those avenues, right? I mean, listen, the reason we got 1,200 socks, Dottie, was because News 9 did a story and a lot of people saw it. It was a positive thing, right? Even our social media can, can be a positive thing. But, but what Jesus is, is talking about is he wants to make sure that, that his audience understands don't do stuff just for the approval of other people. Because that's, that's what the Pharisees did. By the way, this crowd of people at the beginning that, that looked kind of rough, and they smelled kind of rough, most of the time the Pharisees wouldn't help these kind of people because it didn't benefit them. No one saw it. No one cared. The, the Pharisees would, would walk around and, and make a big show out of everything, and Jesus was like, no, no, listen, you don't do that. Don't be like that. Don't serve and give of your time if you're just looking for a pat on the back. I said, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If, if you're looking to participate and serve and you're just doing it to get glory, I'd rather you not. I mean, I'm just being serious because it's not about that. And, and if you ever see me and you see me in that light and, and you see me show up for a photo op and bounce out of there, you better pull me aside and check me a little bit. I'm telling you, do it. You see me doing something like that, you better call me to the table every single time. Because we should be people who are, are so changed from the inside that helping people and serving people just comes naturally to us. Because every opportunity is an opportunity to share your faith. Every person you help, listen, you're not better than them. You're just in a different stage of life. You hear that? You're not better than them. You're just in a different stage of life. Every person we come across was created by God. And Jesus says, listen, if you're going to help them, your right hand doesn't even know your left hand did it. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about us I said this recently and, and I stand by it that, that I want people to recognize what this church is doing because they see God moving not because of what the church can do I don't want people talking about how cool refocused church is and, and all the great stuff and, and listen that the more you do, I think the more that happens. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with being noticed, but but I want people to look at us and give glory to God because that's where we should be directing the attention to every single time. We should always be pointing upward. We should always be looking vertical. We should always be desiring to point people closer to God in every conversation. That that's what Jesus did. You understand that, right? Like if there's any one person who deserved praise, honor, people bowing down to him on earth. It was Jesus. And every single time he was like, don't do that. 
of my father. He, he had this ability to, to deflect and redirect people in the right direction because, because Jesus, Jesus was kingdom-focused. I've said this before. And I don't know if I've ever said it up here because I've had this conversation a lot. Judas, to me, and I know, we all hate Judas because of what he did. By the way, it was part of the plan. But, but Judas, to me, was always someone who was misguided. He was convinced that Jesus had to come riding in on a horse and overthrow the Roman government to save the people of Israel. And so I, I, I believe, this is my personal opinion, and, and I'll, I'll be honest about that, the more that I've studied it, I believe that his motivation for arresting Jesus wasn't to actually kill him, even though that happened. I, I really do think that the Judas was trying to force Jesus' hand. If, if the cops show up, Jesus is going to have to fight for sure. I mean, that's what Peter did. He lopped the dude's ear clean off. And, and so they show up to arrest Jesus, and what does he do? He calms the crowd. He heals the man's ear. And then he goes quietly like a sheep to the slaughter. Because, because he knew that in order for God's kingdom to fully show itself to the world, he had to die. There was no way around it. It was inescapable. Even though the, 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 the disciples didn't understand that. Jesus was so kingdom-focused that he offered salvation to the entire world and not just Israel. That's what it is to be a church that is kingdom-focused. You're here. You know God. Great. Go get somebody else. Go find someone who doesn't know Jesus and tell them about Jesus. You don't want them here because they look a certain way? Too bad. You don't want them here because they act a certain way? Too bad. That's not what Jesus expects of us. And I'm telling you, I'm going off script. <laughs> I'm a little frustrated because it's not where I wanted to go. But, but the Sermon on the Mount sets us up to be people that understand that the kingdom of God is bigger than us. People are dying and going to hell every single day, and we act like we can't talk to them for five minutes about Jesus. It's not who Jesus was. He understood what his purpose was. In the next part of the Sermon on the Mount, he, he prays. He says that when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. When your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And Jesus says, then this is how you should pray. The simplest prayer in all of Scripture. Starts out, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He gives glory to God. And then he says, your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. He prays. He focuses at the very beginning and says, God, whatever you will, let that be what happens. And it says, give us today our daily bread. Provide for us, God. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us of our trespasses against you. So that we can also forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, God. But deliver us from the evil one. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Jesus is, is, is making it clear that his one priority is to point people upwards. To, to fulfill what God wants to have happen, to, to see the kingdom of God come into the now. It's hard for us to do that sometimes. Because to be these kind of people, sometimes we have to step out of our own way. We have to be willing to come together to be unified, to worship God in spirit and truth, and to say, your kingdom come. And sometimes you have to let that rest. Jesus understood better than anyone what it would cost. to really bring not only you and I into a place where we can know God, but, but his sacrifice would allow for the, the spreading of the gospel to go well beyond the city walls of Jerusalem. I'm going to tell you something that I tell myself in private. It's like a running dialogue in my head. Whenever I find myself irritated or I don't like the way someone did something or whatever the reason is, sometimes I have to stop myself and just remind myself kindly to get over myself. It's not about me. The church isn't about me. The church will never be about me. God can do this without me. He doesn't need me. Listen, I know plenty of people that have been removed 
from ministry positions. You can say a church veteran amount or whatever, but I think God removed them because God realized that they weren't doing what they were supposed to anymore. They allowed pride and arrogance to creep in. They, they made it all a show. They became a Pharisee. Jesus is saying, as you focus on the inside, the external will change. It should change. It's called maturity. Listen, if you're the, if you're the same Christian you were 20 years ago and nothing's changed for you, then you missed the point. Someone said that to me recently, like, you're not the person you were five years ago. I'm like, good. <laughs> that means I grew up. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, as things change, as, as we move forward, God enlightens us and, and the Spirit moves us. And, and, and I'm telling you, even as I read through the Bible, there's times I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that before. And I've read this thing a few times. But, but that's what the Spirit did. It's transformational. We are supposed to be different people. The church is going to look different than it did 20 years ago. It doesn't mean we're changing this at all. This is as solid as it comes. The Word of God is consistent. But the church looks different. Progress requires change. But it doesn't happen if all you see is yourself. We have to, to constantly be seeking the will of God. To pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus is the only thing standing between heaven and hell for people the only one no other religion will get you there nothing I don't care what anyone tells you I don't, worry, I don't care what your Google results tell you I'm telling you right now that the, that the Bible tells me that the only way to get to God is through Jesus it's not because of what the church looks like <laughs> talked about this last night it's not because their worship leaders cool or your minister's tatted up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to get hit with lightning. I can just feel it coming down. It's all about Jesus. Everything we do as a church, I believe we're striving to point people to Jesus. And listen, it's going to look different. We're going to dress up as astronauts for VBS. Why? Because some kid might like space, and they might learn to love Jesus in the process. We're going to do things different. We're going to do some more stuff on, on the property. Why? Because we want to be community-minded. We want all people to feel welcome. You're going to see some changes coming forward. It, it's not bad. It's just we are trying to utilize the tools and resources God has given us to, to reach as many people as possible. Think about it. Right? And even five years ago, most churches didn't live stream. COVID forced their hand. But there is more... Christian content online there ever has been in the last 10 years. That's not a bad thing, people. Now, some of it is. <laughs> some people are crazy. Right? 
But, but what I'm saying is, is embrace it. Embrace the journey, man. Because what God is calling us to do is point people to him. And if we're doing that, everything else is going to work itself out. We talked about Nehemiah last night. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. He was moved greatly to go and rebuild the city of uh, Jerusalem. So before he goes to the king and he asks him, can I go back to you know, my, my hometown and rebuild it, he prayed. He asked that God would give him vision and provision. And then when he was content and he was invested in his heart, he moved forward. As we continue to move forward as a church, May God always give us vision and provision. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. <laughs> I thank you for the fact that you hijacked the, hijacked the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> That's what it is. I, I believe that, to, to be in touch with the spirit of God is to trust that when you're calling us to move, we do it. Let us be people that, that are so in tune with you that when you say move, we move. When you say wait, we wait. May we see the task before us and realize that we can only do it with you. Your, your kingdom come. God, your will be done. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallenby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing on our people and our community and our church. All right. Later.